All right. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be back with you all. If you're visiting, my name is Dave Nelson, pastor here, and uh, just had a couple great weeks in North Carolina. Um, yeah, not many North Carolinians. Is that what you call yourself? I don't even know what you are. But uh, it, it was crazy, though, because we're in North Carolina, and they have record heat going on, and there, there's tons of humidity, right? So it was just, basically, I realized when you walk out in 98-degree heat with 98-degree humidity, it's called hell is what that is. And so if you ever want to know if you want to go to heaven, just hang out in, in, the, in the heat and humidity. But then I'm like, I'm all excited to come back to Salt Lake, and I come back to what? Yeah. Record temperatures. <laughs> I love it. It's following me. But I had a great time. But I just want to tell you, it's so good to be back. It's so good. And uh, even just yesterday morning, had a, th- a chance just to sit back and think through the things that we've been able to do here just in the few months that we've been in this location. And I am just so grateful There have been so many opportunities for every one of us who come here to K2 to connect with God and to connect with each other. And so please always check your program, get on our website, get on our app, and so that we can continue to let you know how you can grow in your relationship with him. And so, um, and in light of that, all the good stuff that's happening here, right? Our our, our connections team is going to prepare, and if you're usually here at K2, we usually take our offering at the end of the service, but we actually have a... um, I feel like a pretty profound moment for us this morning at the end of the service. So we want to take our offering earlier. So if you want to get prepared now to do that. And just thank you. I just want to say thank you. Because everything we do and everything that's going on for your children today, everything that's happening, our vertical junior high kids are hopping on and going to their camp today. And whether it's high school kids or young kids, the experience in here, our work in Swaziland or Honduras or on the street or South Salt Lake, everything that happens here only happens because of your generosity. So I just want to say thank you to that. But I hear, just remember this though. When we do this moment, the reason we do this is because what we're saying is, God, you are so good to me and I want you to be first in my life. I, I want to tell you, I trust you with everything I've got. And we, when we give back to him out of his goodness to us, he always uses that to then bless the world through us. And that's why we want to do it. So let me pray and then we'll take our offering. Father, thank you For everyone who's here this morning, I thank you for the fact that you're here, that your presence is with us. Lord, and we thank you for the the way that you bless us, to even give us an opportunity to bless you, to give back to you, and I ask that you truly would use every dollar that's given back to you in faith and out of love, that you would use to bless the world that we're in. Use us, God, for your glory and for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hey, and why we do, as Kim shared with you, uh, we're in a third week of a series on the Holy Spirit. And, um, and how we're doing this is uh, in, the, in the Bible, there's four books that are called the Gospels. They're the stories of Jesus. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what we're doing is we're taking a look at John's Gospel and what Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. There's so much that we could teach you, but we're just going to say there's five main things that Jesus taught us about the Holy Spirit. Now, why this is so important is because there are many people, in fact, I talked with a guy about a month ago, and he told me, he's a very committed Christian, and he said, Dave, I'll, I'll be honest with you. He goes, I think a lot about God the Father. I think about Jesus. He goes, I never think about the Holy Spirit. It's not even really in the forefront of my mind, and that's why we have to talk about him. Because what we're going to find out is it is very, very important what we understand about him. So if you've been here the last two weeks, you've already seen this video. But if you're new today, 
And this is your first time. We're going to show this every week because I'm just going to speak on one small component on the Holy Spirit today. But we wanted to make sure you know who he is before we jump in, okay? So while the offering's continuing to go on, watch this video before I give the message. The Holy Spirit. What is it? Or should the question be, who is he? Just getting to the right question reveals the reality that most of us have no clear idea who the Holy Spirit is or what he does. You can tell by the pronouns just used that the Bible reveals that the Holy Spirit is a person. He has intelligence. He has emotions. He has a will. When Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit, he uses the personal pronoun to describe him, not a generic it. Jesus also declares that the Holy Spirit is the one who will come who's exactly like him. Just as Jesus Christ is God incarnate, the Holy Spirit is God's presence now intimately offered to anyone who will put their faith in Christ. Yes, the Holy Spirit is, in his very essence, God. It is God's will to be united intimately with people, and he does this through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. For example, what's that tug that happens in our hearts that makes us even think about God, wonder about him, or eventually desire him? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Why, after a person puts their faith in Christ, is there all of a sudden this new desire to like know God intimately, as well as a distaste for the things that are out of God? That's the presence of the Holy Spirit, too. He's a gift that we receive when we put our faith in Christ, and from that moment on, a believer has the indwelling presence of God with them every day of their life. Here's a few other things he does. The Holy Spirit's the one who reveals the reality of who God is. He's the one who gives spiritual power to actually trust God and follow his ways. He works to bring about change in people's lives so they can live the life that God created them to live. The Holy Spirit also leads those who receive him in their daily lives, guiding them into God's will and helping them to know when they're walking away from him. His goal is to unite every person with God. The result is we start to actually share in God's character. Things like love and joy and peace begin to rise up within us and flow out from us. And then his other goal starts to take place, which is uniting us to each other. The Holy Spirit, he's God. He is God with us, even in us. The intimate relationship with God every human was created for is now possible through his work in our lives. So get to know him. Learn to hear his voice, follow his lead, and you'll find the life that you're longing for and that you were created to live. All right, the Holy Spirit. Well, the reason I was in North Carolina is because my niece Meredith got married to a fine young man named Blake Bowman. And, uh, and so it was an awesome thing to witness these two people giving their lives to each other. And so the reason I was in North Carolina ultimately was all about relationship. It was about their relationship. And then uh, my family, and there were 30, I think about 37 of us now, if you include all my brothers and sisters and my nieces and nephews, my sister actually got us a beach house that was big enough and all 37 of us stayed together in that one house. And we still love each other. So if you need evidence that there's a God, right? Right there it is. So again, it was all about relationship. And then after my extended family left, I got to hang out with my wife Susie and our three kids for a few more days just by ourselves. 
which was fantastic for our relationship. Here's what I know, and so do you. As a human being, everything ultimately is about relationship. It just is. And what I love about the Gospel of John, he takes a kind of a different perspective than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And what you'll find is John tells us, I'm writing this so you guys can believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But what you see in his book is he tells us and reveals it's all about relationship with God, too. Not just with each other, but with him. In fact, in John 17, 3, he says that this is eternal life. Eternal life is not just going to heaven. He says eternal life happens when you know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. So when you get into relationship, know God, because it's not about God, not knowing about God. There's people, many people who know about God, and they don't know him at all personally. But when that relationship happens, John says that's actually eternal life. You get it as soon as you have a relationship with God. So when Jesus reveals the identity of the Holy Spirit, the reality of the Holy Spirit, what we find is that this living, dynamic, very real relationship with God can only happen through the Holy Spirit. And so for all of you who say, I'm a Christian today, but I don't really get the Holy Spirit. This is really important for us because to really experience the relationship with God that's ours to have, you got to understand who he is. So two weeks ago, we started off and said that the beginning of relationship with God happens by the Holy Spirit. Jesus used this term that we are born. Wouldn't that be a relational term, right? I got kids because they were born. He says we are born of God when we put our faith in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is the one who does that. Last week, we talked about the possibility of relationship with God. And the only way that we can have a real relationship with God is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit is the only one who actually knows the mind of God. All the rest of us down here, we're trying to figure out who He is. The only way you can have a real relationship with the real God is to make sure that God is revealing Himself to you. And He does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now today, what we're going to look at is the certainty of relationship with God. My hope today, and the hope every Sunday here at K2, is that many of you are here and you're trying to figure out what Christianity is. My guess would be that a lot of us in this room believe that Christianity is like a philosophy. We believe that it's a lifestyle. We kind of believe that it's a blueprint on how you should live. And so you follow these thing, a list of things to do or not to do. Um, I know other people in 10 years here at K2, I've, I've met many people who've kind of had an experience with God. And so they, would, they think they've really begun a relationship with God. But then a year or two later, all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't really believe that anymore. So here's my question. How can you be certain that you actually have a relationship with God? See, because when Mariah and Ashlyn and Caleb, those are my three kids, when they were born and they became my kids, can they all of a sudden not become my kids anymore? Anybody know the answer to that? <laughs> no. See, what would be really weird is for them all of a sudden to look at Susie and go, who, I don't even believe you're my mom anymore. 
Well, it doesn't matter if they believe that she's not her She's their mom. So here's what I know. It is very real to not feel like God is there anymore. How many of you have felt that? See, all of us have. Our emotions with God come and they go. Listen, if you're basing the certainty of your relationship with God on how close you feel to him, then yes, you could feel like he's gone. I'm hoping today that you'll understand that there's something deeper than that. Jesus reveals to us, and this is so important to understand, that first and foremost, what Christianity is, it is an inward, supernatural, transforming reality of something that engages within your very soul. Christianity is something the Holy Spirit does inside of you to create a very real relationship with God. And anything that doesn't, has not experienced that is not Christianity. So my hope for us today is that we'll actually know for certain that we have a relationship. Okay? So my goal is that your relationship with God would not be like dating. Does anybody want to say amen to that? Okay, some of you are in dating right now, right? And I remember that, that, that awful thing because you can sit there and I can be dating a girl and she can be my girlfriend. Somebody can say, hey, you got a girlfriend? I got, yeah, I got a girlfriend. And then all of a sudden I realize, I think. You guys remember that? Like, okay, I'm not really sure here. And so eventually you offer up the courage and what do you have to do? You have to get together and you have to what? Define the relationship. Because you don't know for sure if you really are on the same page. So you got a DTR. You guys remember that? It's time to DTR. Because I'm not certain about this. How different that is than what Meredith and Blake experienced two weeks ago. Where they stood before God and they made a covenant to each other and to God, to others, to be man and wife. That relationship is defined and it is certain. And here's what I want you to know today. I think many of you in here, you don't even really know if you know God. Some of you have ideas about him. Some of you feel him sometimes and sometimes you don't. And I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit came and comes so that you can be certain that you have a relationship with God. And when you're certain that you know him, you can be certain that you have eternal life. All right? So let's pray right now before I dive into the scripture, and let's ask God to do that work in us today. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the work that you've been doing Thank you that I believe with all my heart that there's not a person who's here today that's here by accident. I believe you want to speak to every single one of us. And Lord, you know, you know every heart in this room. You know those who wonder about you, who are questioning you. You know those who are questioning whether they really have a relationship with you or not. And I believe that through today's message, you want to make it very clear and very certain about what it means to know you, to be in relationship 
with you, which is eternal life. So I just ask for grace and mercy that you would make this word of yours very clear and that you would love on every person who's here. And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're in John chapter 16. So if you have your Bibles, open up to that. If you have the K2 app, if you don't, you can download it at any time. But uh, again, every Sunday on our K2 app, all of the scripture and all the notes are right there. You can follow along or you can go to version. anything you want. John chapter 16, we're starting with verse 7. Now it's near, it's John chapter 16, there's only, it's near the end of the book of, of the Bible, or, or uh, the book of John. And so it's near the end of Jesus' time. And he's in conversation with his disciples. And he says, nevertheless, he goes, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. So these guys just gave up three years of their life to follow Jesus Christ. They're absolutely convinced he's going to save them. And now he tells them, I'm leaving. <laughs> and they're freaked out. The verse right before this says they were very sorrowful about this. But he goes, i got to tell you, it's actually to your advantage that I go because for if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they don't believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. All right. You guys ready to unpack this one? What does Jesus want us to understand about the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing he does is he calls him the helper in verse 7. He goes, the helper's going to come. Now, some of your versions of the Bible might have the word counselor. Some other versions of the Bible use the word advocate. It's kind of a tough word for us to understand. But the, basically, all three of those ideas is the Holy Spirit is someone who's going to come along beside you, and he's going to be for you. Advocate, helper, counselor. It, it, it really, in this phrase, it's kind of like he's your defense attorney. Okay. Now, here's what's interesting. So, the helper comes, and what's he going to do? convict you. Well, thanks a lot. You know, I don't need my defense attorney to turn around and all of a sudden convict me. Well, what does the word convict mean? So Jesus, this is very clear. He's got to understand the one that I'm going to send you, who's going to help you. He's going to help you by convicting you. Now, what the word convict means is he's going to prove you to be wrong. To convict means to awaken a consciousness of guilt. So if, if, a defense, if an attorney was in the court of law, he'd be trying to awaken the consciousness of guilt to the jury. Here he's trying to do it to the defendant. He's trying to do it to you. It's really interesting. The word to convict means to cross-examine. So Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to cross-examine you. Now, when he does that, he can, there's two things that can happen. First of all, the Holy Spirit can convict someone of the wrong that they have committed. That's what conviction means. I'm going to convict you of the wrong you've done. Secondly, it also means to convince someone of the weakness of their case. To reveal the hole in your story. Can you picture that, right? 
The witness gets up, the defendant gets up in the, in the stand, and the lawyer comes up, and he's going to put holes in the story, and he's going to prove them to be wrong. And what Jesus says is, I got a great gift for you. <laughs> I'm going to have you get cross-examined by the Spirit of God. So to convince us that our case is weak and to reveal the hole in our story, but also to convince us that the strength of the case, which up to this point we have opposed, he's going to convince us of that. So the Holy Spirit, your advocate, comes to prosecute and to show us your error. Now, can I just tell you, this is why the beginning of a true relationship with God often feels very confusing. (laughs) And it feels confusing sometimes because it doesn't feel good. Like how many of you would sit there and enjoy being on the witness stand, being cross-examined and having your story be shot to death? I mean, doesn't that sound like fun? And yet what Jesus says is, I'm going to give you this gift. I just got to tell you, There's one way that you can be sure that you've heard the gospel, which means good news. And that is, there will almost always be a period of time when you are absolutely incredulous to it. If the Spirit of God is actually at work within you, there will be a time when you'll be like, how can this be? This is impossible. You're going to have a period where you're going to be bombarded with questions about God. You're going to doubt him. You're going to struggle with him. I'm going to tell you this. You're not going to like him. (laughs) I think when God, when the Holy Spirit first comes to work and starts convicting us, what do we do? We get what? Defensive. And so that's good. Can I just say, I got some great news for you right now. If you don't like God, that means the Holy Spirit's working on you. (laughs) That means God's loving you. He's actually doing his job. Because he comes to convict us. And so I was thinking, like, how is this a good thing? And I was remembering my mom and one of my stories when I was in high school. And uh, there was a youth group event that our church was putting on. And I was a senior, and I had a younger brother who was a freshman. And so I grabbed my brother Mike, and we drove to the youth group event. And as soon as I got there, I made sure that Mike found a ride so that I could go to a party and hook up with my girlfriend. So that was Friday night. Saturday night, I'm laying in bed. My mom comes into my room. Hey, so what'd you do last night, Dave? Oh, I went to the youth group event. Isn't that great how you can tell the truth and lie at the same time? And then my mom says, what else did you do? Isn't it amazing? Moms know everything. And so I knew I couldn't fool her. And so I just told her. I said, well, I made sure Mike had a ride home. And then I went uh, to the party to hook up with Sean. And she sat there and she looked at me and she said, you know what, David? She says, one of the things we've loved about you is that we've always been able to trust you. And now we're not so sure. And she got up and she walked out of the room. Can you say conviction? (laughs) Now, what I realized about this conviction, that's all I do as a dad. All I do is shoot holes in my kids' stories. All I do is that they are doing things that are going to harm them and bring destruction to their life. And when I try to help them to see what's wrong because I'm their advocate and their helper, they hate it. 
But why do I do that? Because I know what's right, and I know what's best for them, and I love them. Can I tell you this, you guys, today? The Holy Spirit is your defense attorney. But out of His great love for you, He's going to convict you. Now, my question for you is, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever sensed that? Have you ever wrestled in your heart with God? And if you have, I just want to tell you, that's a good thing. It's what the Holy Spirit causes us to do. Now, there's three things that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will convict us of. And I just want to tell you, without these three things happening, you cannot have a relationship with God. And a relationship with God, knowing Him, is eternal life. So this is absolutely critical that this happens. The first thing that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will convict you of, convince you of, is your sin. If you are certain today that you have a relationship with God, I can tell you one thing. You are certain of sin. John 16, 9 says, He will convince the world, convict the world concerning sin because they don't believe in me. So the Holy Spirit comes to the world and he convicts the world of sin because they don't believe in Jesus. Now, let me just say that every human being has a general conscience, right? We all do. Everybody has a conscience. Everybody knows kind of when they're doing something wrong and they can feel that prick in their nature. Boy, that wasn't right. That wasn't wrong. But what's interesting is people's consciences are really different, aren't they? There are some people who do something and they feel like it's really wrong. And the other person will come alongside and go, there's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> and so our consciences that every human being has, those are developed, man. They're developed by how you were parented. You know, some of you grew up in a home and your parents, man, they just said, this is the wrong way to do it. And another person grew up in a family with parents who said, oh, that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's why marriage is so hard, right? Because then we come together and it's like, what? This isn't right. This is right. Yeah, that's because we have a different conscience. It also can be different based on the culture that you grow up in. Let me tell you something. Yes, the Holy Spirit convicts us of when we're doing things that are wrong. That's not what he's talking about here. This is really different. What Jesus says must happen by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life if you're going to be certain of a relationship with God is he must convince you and convict you of the reality that you don't believe in Him. That you don't trust Him. Sinful lifestyles and acts of sin, those things all happen. But ultimately, what God is saying is, at the core of your being, what has to happen first is you have to be convinced that you actually don't believe. So, the Holy Spirit will bring you face to face with the root cause of all sin. And here's what it is. The root cause of sin is self-centered independence from God. Sin at its core is a belief that you're okay. That your sin really isn't all that bad and that you don't need a Savior. So what did Jesus say? The Holy Spirit has to come to the world because and convict them of sin because they don't believe in me. 
And, and, and so what that means is, believe means to trust him. So, as we sit here this morning, here's what's true. Your love for a helper, right? Because Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. <laughs> your love for a helper is completely tied to your awareness of your need for help. You love for a help. You love someone to help you if you're aware of your need for help. I, I've real, realized something lately um, with Susie, my wife. She likes to help me drive. Any other men know what that's like? I'm preaching right now, man. And it's, and it's, it's, but it's been really funny to me. I feel like she's, it's just, it's more and more I've just kind of realized it. Now, here's the thing. If there's anything I know what to do, it's drive, right? And so when Susie tries to help me drive and I don't need her help, how does that feel? I actually feel insulted. I seriously do. Sometimes I'm like, do you not think I can't drive? And so what we realize is if you don't feel like you need any help with your life and the Holy Spirit comes and tries to offer you help, you actually feel insulted. And so that's why, can I just tell some of you, when you hear this message of Christianity, it actually bothers you. You don't like it. You're like, don't tell me I'm wrong. I can do this because I don't need your help. Now, secondly, if you need a little bit of help, because sometimes I do, right? I mean, sometimes, hey, could you help me with that? And, and someone helps you, that's nice, right? If you need a little bit of help and they help, it's like, hey, thanks, I appreciate that. But man, when you really need help, and somebody helps you. So years ago, I was on a mission trip, and we were going to Kyrgyzstan. And on the layover, we had a layover in France, in Paris. So we, I think we had like four or five hours. So there was a small group of us, and we said, well, man, we got four or five hours. Let's go see Paris, right? So we hop on the train, and we head into town. And then all of a sudden, we're like, man, we got to make sure that we're back, because I don't think there's a whole lot of planes that go to Kyrgyzstan, right? So we hop on the bus, and we couldn't read, write the foreign language, and we weren't sure which way we were supposed to go. So we're sitting in the train car, and we're talking. It's like looking up at the thing. So are we going to go? And we're talking about the door closes, and this guy sitting next to us goes, are you guys going to the airport? We're like, yeah. He goes, you're on the wrong train. And we're like, thank you. <laughs> right? And now all of a sudden, we jump up because we were going in the completely wrong direction. And that person came and gave us the help we needed. You get up, you look back at the guy, and what do you say? Thank you. You saved me. You rock would also work. <laughs> you saved me. See, when you really need help, and you realize it, and somebody helps you. Now you can love the helper. Now, so when we look at this, you guys, the Holy Spirit, His job is to help every human being understand something. You don't trust God. In Romans, it says that everybody has sinned. Everybody. And that the, and you've fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages for sin what we earn by having this independence that says, I trust me and not you, God. What we earn is separation from God. We don't follow God's ways. We follow our ways. And the Holy Spirit, because he loves you, 
comes as your helper to convict you and to convince you you must not continue to trust yourself instead of God. Because if you're going to have a relationship with God, the only way that he can actually be God is if you trust him. If you don't trust him, he's not your God. Whatever you trust is your God. So some of you today, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is trying to, he wants to say something to you, and he's revealing today, you're a sinner. You don't follow God's ways. And, and what happens is, half of us in the room, we, we go, wait, 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 wait a second. And we begin to justify ourselves. And we'll say things like, but I'm a good person. And I'm better than most people, so God should favor me. So let me just talk to those of you guys in this room who feel that way. If you feel like you're a good person and that you're better than most people and that God should favor you, then really what the Holy Spirit is letting you know today is, then why does Jesus, because what did Jesus say? He says the Holy Spirit must convict you of sin because you don't believe in Jesus. That word believe means to trust him. If you're here today, and you're saying, I don't need to put my trust in God, then what you're saying is, it's because I believe in who? Me. And the core of all sin of us created human beings is us saying to God, I don't need you, and I don't want you. I'm going to do what I want. And so can I just say, can I just say, really? <laughs> do you guys really want to die? Because you know you're all going to do that someday. Do y'all really want to die and stand before God and go, look at me. Aren't you glad I'm finally here? I mean, did you see me down there, God? Wasn't I awesome? I mean, seriously, are, are, are any of you going to want to stand before an absolutely pure, holy, righteous God and say the reason, holy God, you should let me in is because I'm all that? And what the Holy Spirit needs to help every human because every human being, whether we want to or not, does that. Now on the flip side, some of you, it's not that you don't believe in Him and trust Him. You believe in yourself because you think that you're good and better. But some of you, the other half of you in this room, you're actually, what the Holy Spirit needs to speak to you about is your shame. Some of you know you're not great. And what you live with is your total failure as a human being. In fact, some of you feel like you have done so many things that are bad and wrong that there's no way that God could have favor on you. And you know what the Holy Spirit needs to convict you of? The same thing. He needs to tell you, hold on. You're putting your trust in who? Yourself. You're just not very good at it. So instead of trusting God, you're trusting your behavior. So some of you trust your own behavior and you think you're good enough and you don't need God. Some of you are trusting your own behavior and you're not doing a good job and you're just beating yourself up with shame and you don't think that God could love you. And both of those things are wrong. And what I understand, you guys, is this. Amazing grace, right? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I can tell you this, man. Grace isn't amazing until you realize you're a sinner. And I tell you, one of the greatest things for me that the Holy Spirit did for me was help me to realize 
Nelson, you trust in yourself instead of God. And every one of us in this room, you can't have a relationship with him until the Holy Spirit reveals to you that, can I just say it very clearly, that is sin at its core. And the Holy Spirit's the one that'll bug you. And I can tell you this right now, man, your flesh is going to hate it (laughs) because you want to do your own thing. You're a sinner. Now, he moves on to the second thing. Are you certain of your sin? Because once you become certain that you're a sinner, you can begin to have a relationship with God. Secondly, Jesus says the Holy Spirit then has to convict you of your righteousness. So John 16.10 says the Spirit will convict the world concerning righteousness. Why? Because I go to the Father and you won't see me any longer. And I tell you, for a long time, I'm like, what does that mean? But it's actually the key to the whole passage. The key to why the Spirit can convict us of righteousness is because Jesus was resurrected. It's actually his death and his resurrection. In Acts chapter 2, verse 24, it says that God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to hold him down. See, you guys need to understand this again. Christianity did not begin because his disciples thought Jesus' teachings were really good. That's not why it started. Our faith began because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, there will be a lot of people who will say, and that's why I don't buy your faith, because people don't rise from the dead. That's a bunch of crock. Can I just tell you? I agree, except for this. Resurrection doesn't happen, and that's true, because no one else has ever truly been completely righteous. When you sin, what's the wage that you earn? Death. And that's why every human being dies, because we have sin. But Jesus Christ came, and it is his resurrection that helps us to know this was no ordinary man. This wasn't a good teacher. He wasn't a good example. He was the son of God, and it was because he was righteous that death couldn't hold him down. That is what makes this whole thing different. And so because of that, the Holy Spirit is the one who has to convict us of righteousness. And so we finally realize Jesus is righteous. He's not like anybody else. I'm not. He is. Now here's the good news. When when the Holy Spirit does his work in you, And he convinces you of that. When you get convinced that Jesus must have been the Son of God, and you believe in that, which means you put your trust in that, when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us that immediately a transaction happens and you receive a gift. And that gift is all of your sins become forgiven. And you realize that when Jesus was on the cross, because he was perfect, he's the only one who could pay for all of our sin. So you receive the gift of forgiveness, and then you receive the gift of his righteousness. That's what happens. I put my faith in Christ, 
And all of a sudden, the Bible says that I receive forgiveness, and as soon as I'm completely forgiven, then I am completely justified, which means I finally receive the gift of salvation. So, and I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the key and the good news, that you don't have to do anything to try to be good enough so that God will let you into heaven. No. What you do is you go, I'm a sinner, I'm convinced of that, and convicted of my sin. And I realize I deserve to be separated from God because I'm not in the same alignment with him. But I'm also convinced and absolutely convicted that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that he was righteous. And what the Bible says, you guys, is you receive the gift of his righteousness. So that when God looks at you, anybody who's put their faith in Christ, he looks at you and you say, oh, you've one who've received the work of Christ on your behalf. All of your sins are forgiven. And he sees us completely clean. Philippians 3.9 says, I want to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own. Do you guys understand that? What it says is, I'm not going to bet on me being righteous enough before God. I don't want that righteousness anymore. That's from the law. I want the righteousness which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, look at this, that comes from God on the basis of faith. And the cool thing, you guys, is the Holy Spirit's the only one who can go inside your heart, convince you that you're full of sin, and convince you that Jesus wasn't. And as soon as you're convinced and you put your faith in, you receive the gift. And so then he leads us to the third thing. Once the Holy Spirit has convicted you of sin and convicted you of righteousness, he goes, then he'll convict you of judgment. So in John 16 11 says, the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning judgment. Why? Because the ruler or the prince of this world is judged. So let me end it by this. Jesus, when he was here, his whole message was about a kingdom. And he basically said there's two kingdoms. And each kingdom has a ruler. And one of them is listed here, the ruler of this world. There's a way of this world, a kingdom of this world. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. Dead, meaning you're separated from God, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So what he's saying is, what, the, what, what, what this verse is saying is that there is a spirit who's at work within every person who follows the kingdom of this world, the way of this world. What is the way of this world? It is simply, I can do it. I don't need God. I'll figure out what is best for me. I'll follow my heart, and I will live to that end. That is the way of the world. I don't need you, God. I can do it. If that is the rule, if, and that's the spirit that is at work within every human being, so I, can I just tell you, this morning, if you sit here and you go, that's me, 
I totally don't want God to mess with my life. I want to choose what to do. Then you're still under the kingdom of this world. And what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus said is, the Holy Spirit has to convict you of judgment. Why? Because the ruler of this world has been judged. So whose kingdom are you in? What ruler do you follow? If you still are in alignment with the one who says, I don't need God, when Jesus Christ was on the cross, that ruler was judged. And that judgment is impending. It will happen. But the good news is this. There's another kingdom. And so when you put your faith in Christ, now all of a sudden you have a new ruler, a new Lord, someone else you follow, and it's Jesus. And Jesus, now you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's a spirit who's at work within those who are disobedient, who don't follow God. But when you put your faith in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one who goes at work within you so that you now can follow God. And that's a gift. You don't work for it. You don't try to be a better person. You simply put your faith, I believe I'm a sinner, and I confess to you, God, that I am. And I believe, Jesus Christ, that you were no mere man. I believe you were the Son of God, and I believe your resurrection proved that you were righteous. And I put your faith, I put my faith in you so I can receive forgiveness for all of my sin and so that I can receive your Holy Spirit inside my life. Colossians 1.13 says this, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And here's what I know. I can't convince any of you about any of this because it's not my job. My job is simply to tell you this. But here's what I want to know. Here's what I believe with all my heart. Some of you in this room, you came today and you've been wrestling with God. Some of you walked in here today and you've been wrestling with yourself. And you've known there's something wrong in me and I don't know what to do. And the Spirit today finally said, you're a sinner, that's what's wrong. <laughs> you're bent towards yourself instead towards God. And he's convicted you of that today. And some of you have been so fearful, like, I don't know, I need forgiveness. And today he's like, let me convict you of righteousness. Let me convince you that you're not righteous, but Jesus is. And that you can receive his righteousness on your behalf. And then thirdly, some of you, the Holy Spirit has been convicting you of judgment. And the good news today, look at this verse, Romans 8, chapter 1. As soon as you put your faith in Christ, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the best news in all the world. And I can tell you here, today I stand here absolutely convinced that I am one messed up dude. And I stand here absolutely convinced that Jesus Christ is not and that he is so righteous that he could forgive me of all of my sin, and I've received his Holy Spirit, and I am absolutely convinced that when I stand before God, I am not in the kingdom anymore of the ruler of this world, but I have been rescued from that 
brought into the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit's inside of me. And when I stand before him, I am absolutely convinced that there will be no judgment. There's no condemnation for Dave Nelson. When the gavel went down and the sentence was, Dave Nelson is justified. That's good news. Now, can I ask you? Can I ask you something? Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you have that certainty? Are you absolutely sure that when you stand before God, you're going to be totally good to go? If you have, if you're 95% sure, like me, then that means you're still relying on your own effort. And today's the day for you to put your faith in Jesus. If the Holy Spirit, band, you guys can come on up. If the Holy Spirit today has been moving inside your heart, I believe that He wants to tell every one of you today, you can be absolutely certain that you're a child of God if you're certain of your sin, certain of Christ's righteousness, and certain that there's no condemnation and no judgment. And all you got to do, can I just tell you? I'm going to point blank with, with, with no shame, absolute boldness to you today. I'm going to say, all you have to do here today is he says, you do not have to work for this. You simply have to confess to God that you have been a sinner and that you have not followed him. And you see now that it is wrong. And then you confess to God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he is the son of God. And I believe he has come to offer me forgiveness. And I need it. And I put my trust in him and not in myself. He says, the word says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that you will be saved. Here's what will happen. You will receive the Holy Spirit. It will be a real change inside your being. You will be a new creation. The old will be gone. And you will be born of the Spirit of God. And you'll know Him. And that's eternal life. So here's what we're going to do. For those of you, some of you are Christians in here, and you needed to be reminded of that. <laughs> you were starting to buy the lie. It's like, man, I'm not good enough anymore. It's like, well, wait, that's the whole point. And today's your day to come down, and we got communion set up right over here, right back here. By the way, there's gluten-free down here. Okay, down here. There's two stations in the back. And those of you who are followers of Christ, you come down and you take the body of Christ and you dip it into his blood, and you go, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from my sin. And you rejoice in him. But for the rest of you, some of you are here, and you still have been trusting in yourself, and today's the day where the Holy Spirit's finally helped you to see. That's your biggest sin. And if you're ever gonna be reconciled to God, you must confess that today, repent, and turn around, and receive Jesus, receive his spirit so you can become a child of God. Yes, you're loved by God, but you don't become a child of God until you receive his spirit, okay? So we have a prayer team, man. We're gonna be right over here in the back. My wife is here. I'm gonna be back here. And while everybody else is taking communion, if you wanna receive Jesus Christ, it's today's the day where the Holy Spirit has finally made it clear to you and convicted you of your sin and righteousness and judgment. Man, then come down, and we would love to pray with you. 
and help you to know for sure, with absolute certainty, that you have a relationship with God. All right? Let's stand together and let's worship him with communion and by receiving Christ.